tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Good morning. morning. Neighborhood Church. How's that sound? And for our Spanish-speaking audience, hola, buenos dias. Just wanted to sharpen myself, do my mom proud, you know what I mean? Hey, we're we're going to be in Acts chapter ten uh, today, and uh, as Mike said, uh, the book the book of Acts is 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 exciting, and uh, we get to see the acts of the apostles as the church was being formed and the word was going out and how God was unfolding His Spirit. And here we are in chapter ten, and I look at chapter ten, and for me personally, when I look at that, I think what an amazing chapter that the church is is really being born uh, to the the Gentiles. It's being opened up. And so many of you might have heard uh, the phrase that, that Peter, uh, the apostle Peter, holds the keys to the kingdom, and that Jesus was the one said to, to Peter, you know, on this rock I will build my church. So some, sometimes it's like, well, what does that all mean? And, and, and it's exciting as you see the gospel unfold uh, to various people groups, it's, it's Peter standing up. It's Peter at Pentecost, was it not? who gave that wonderful sermon explaining everything that was going on and the need to repent, the need to get right, and how God has provided a way to be saved from his wrath through his son who takes away the sins of the world. And then as he unfolds it to the Samaritan people and he explains again how Jesus came to save uh, the lost. And now here we are in chapter 10. And there's a gentleman here. Uh, His name is Cornelius. So we'll pick it up in uh, verse 1. If you have your Bibles... Uh, Go ahead and open up there. Uh, Chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, At uh, Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion who was known known as an Italian regiment. He and his family were devoted to God, and and they were God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius was startled and, and, uh, and stared at him with fear. And he said, what is it, Lord, he asked. And the angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have, has come as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him, he was gone. Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants and told him everything that had happened and they sent him to Joppa. Isn't that, uh, isn't that amazing when you look at this, this, this first part here? Uh, an angel came and, and stopped the guy in motion. And I don't know if any of you ever seen an angel. I personally have not. But I have met folks that have, and, uh, and it's always amazing to them. It's like, well, what did they look like? And I say, Tony? And they always say it like, like they're, they're in awe, and, and there's a little fear in their voice. And it says, their skin was like light. And, uh, and I go, what did they say? And it's always a small little phrase. It's, uh, it's, it's never this long uh, sermon or anything. It's a small little phrase of worship God, obey God, serve God, follow after God. Do what God has told you to do. But it's amazing. Does this stuff happen today? It happens today. I'm telling you it happens today. And, and you might sit there and like, God, I, 
I, I just want a message from an angel. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. God gave you his word. And, and this is alive and it's active. It's powerful. It's true. It's vibrant. It's useful for today. It's there for, for, for training us and guiding us and directing us. But it would be kind of cool to see an angel, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd like that too. But, but here's the case. And then this is what I love as, as Cornelius, is, it calls him this. He says he's, he's a God-fearing man, him and his whole household. Well, what, is, what does that mean? Well, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't Jewish. He's from the Italian regiment. That means like he's from Italy, right? And, but he was responding to God in his life. He, he, he wanted to be right with God. He wanted to connect with God. And in doing so, he started following a pattern. And this pattern was, I know that this truth is true about God, and I'm going to apply that to my life. So he became a God-fearer. I want to do what God says. And, and I want to respond to the way that God wants me to respond. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray. And, and I know that God has a heart for the poor, so I'm going to give gifts to the poor. And, and, and I know that God would have me worship him. So I'm going to be involved in worship, uh, whether that's speaking the truth of God or, or, or being a part of corporate worship. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to worship. I'm going to do my part. And not only that, as, as the story unfolds, you find out that the rest of the Jewish community looked at, at Cornelius and said, he's a righteous man. He does what is right before God. And God honors him. And it says that his, his, his prayers have come up, his, his gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial to the Lord. I thought, wow. Have you responded to God in such a way where, where you just had that little bit of information? And it's, I know that this is true of God and I'm going to follow that truth until God gives me more. And, and I have to say, that's probably true because you're here. You responded to God moving in your life. And, and, and it's rewarding. And, and we step out a little bit in faith and God gives us a little bit more. All right? Uh, uh, James, um, in the book of James, it says, draw near to God and God draws near to you. Isn't that exciting? That God draws near to you. That's his promise. That's his word. It's, it's, it's like a child. If a child sticks out his hand to you, specifically your child, your grandchild, what are you going to do with that hand that's floating in the air? You're going to grab that hand. What a wonderful treat. You're reciprocating their affection or their desire to be to have their hands held you're going to reciprocate that god does that even more with us as we respond in faith as we step out in faith god reaches out to us and he blesses us more here it comes so you remember uh in the gospel there's a gentleman his name is zacchaeus we probably all remember a sunday school song zacchaeus a wee little man was he all right he ran up the the sycamore fig tree remember this for those who grew up in Sunday school class. So uh, Zacchaeus is, is, was not loved a lot by his community because he was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. So all the other people in the community is like, Zacchaeus, you're working for the Roman government. And uh, so it kind of feels like you're a traitor here, right? Not really digging you too much. Uh, but Zacchaeus had a heart to see Jesus. He wanted to connect with God. And on the outside, you would think, who wants anything to do with a guy like this? Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming. He runs down the street, goes up a tree, 
and he's looking at Jesus. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. I must, this is what Jesus says, I must stay at your house today. What? What? I must stay at your house today. And then, and, and all the other people are going, are you kidding me? Does Jesus even know this guy is such a sinner? You know, he's collecting taxes. That means that he, he, he collects taxes and gives to the Roman government. And then as soon as the Roman government is satisfied, he keeps collecting taxes and gets rich. Yikes, right? And then Zacchaeus says this, stop the show, Jesus. I want to let you know this. Uh, if I've done anybody wrong, I'm going to pay him back four times. And, uh, and I'm going to get 50% of my stuff away. It's like, wow. And this is what Jesus says of Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to his house today. Wow. That's amazing. That's God reciprocating our act of faith. I, maybe I just know this much about the Lord. Maybe, maybe it was just that much. But, but that's what Zacchaeus did. He responded. God responded to him. And that's exciting. So what does a God-fearer look like? Well, they're humble. He was humble before the Lord, recognizing him. This is when we talk about Cornelius. He was obedient. He was obedient to do what God says. He was full of wisdom and insight. He trusted God for his guidance. He worshiped the Lord. He loved the Lord. And he seeked justice. He was giving gifts to the poor to make sure that they were taken care of. It wasn't complaining about injustice. It was like, I'm seeking justice. I'm seeking to make things right. We seek a deeper connection with God. Uh, God. God already knows the truth about us. He knows that we're weak. He knows that we're fragile. He knows that we need him. Mm-hmm. So we learned about Zacchaeus. But what about the guy on the cross? Remember him? There was two guys on the cross with Jesus. Remember this? One of them was mocking Jesus. Said, if you're the Messiah, why don't you, why don't you save us and yourself? And the other one says, don't you fear God? Remember that he said that? Don't you fear God? We're being punished because of the things that we've done. He's being punished unjustly. And then he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus reciprocates, how? Today you'll be with me in paradise. What? What? Does God know that we're fallen creatures? He knows that we're fallen creatures. Have, Have you sinned in the eyes of a holy God? You have. Just in case you're wondering that maybe that doesn't apply to you, the Bible says it does. It says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's all of us. And the Greek word for all is all. Okay? There it is. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. So we need a Savior. Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Today, this very day, you'll be with me in paradise. What a great reciprocation. Don't you just love the Lord? I know I do. I know. He is so good. He is so good. And he reveals himself this way. Many times we'll be uh, going uh, through India and speaking at different villages, and this is what happens. It happens all the time. People will come up and say, you were in our dreams last night. You're bringing the message of light. It's like, wow, I haven't said a word yet. What else am I going to tell you? 
And they'll say, they'll say this. I had one guy, he, he had a machete in his hand and he started yelling and I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. And, and he said, stop. I want everyone to hear this message. I'm thinking, does the Lord go before you? Does the Lord go before you? The answer is, come on, church. Yes. He does go before you. Do you know him? Do you know him? Mm. He's good, isn't he? He's good. I know when I first came to the Lord, I was a mess. I was a mess. I was a mess. And, uh, and I remember wanting to connect with God, but not knowing how to do that correctly. Not knowing what the Lord really wanted from me. But I remember praying, God, is there a way to have peace with you? Is there a way that I could have my, my sins forgiven? Is there a way that you can clean me up? Show me. Show me. And that was my prayer. <laughs> and soon after that, I got invited to go to a tent revival. I don't know if you've been to a tent revival, but they talk about Jesus there. And, uh, and I got up, I had the opportunity, and the, and the gentleman uh, was sharing the gospel message. And he was saying that you can have an opportunity to know God today. It's as simple as admitting that you're a sinner and that you want to follow Jesus. And I thought, I, I think I can do that. I know I'm a sinner, right? No one had to point that out to me. My spirit convicted me of that. I, I'm a sinner. Anybody else like that in the room? Come on. Don't make me lonely here. All right. I'm a sinner. And my prayer was as simple as that. It was five, five words. God, I am a sinner. That was it. God's spirit came on me. The burden of my sins lifted from me. I physically felt these things. Not everybody does, but I did. I felt like I had a new start. I remember water tasting good for the first time. I'm like, wow, this is nice. Of course, I had issues, right? I had issues. I was a mess. But God was good. And he reached out and he saved me in the mess that I was in, 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 in the way that I lived my life, in the sewage that I was exposed to and how I lived. And I remember being so excited I had to tell all my friends about Jesus. You guys got to come to the tent revival. It's so exciting. And I'm telling all my friends about it as we're at this party at this one guy's house and we're all drinking beer. You got to come over. And they're getting high and they're okay. Hey, you got to see Jesus, man. And I take them to the tent revival and guess what they tell me? Tony, you brought us to church. Well, I haven't been to church before. This is good. This is good. God took me where I was at. And I wanted to be right with him. And I didn't know how. And he showed me. He gave me forgiveness and he proclaimed me to be his son. He proclaimed me to be his own. And now I belong to the master. And he has given me a great life. I wonder, do you know him? The message from the Lord. We looked at a seeker and what that looks like. We talked about the God fear. Now we're talking about like, there's a message from the Lord to Peter, all right? And, 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 and Peter uh, has been faithful along the way. But sometimes we're raised a certain way of, hey, don't talk to those people. It's not safe to go over there. We don't associate with them. You ever been that way? Don't talk to the other people on the other side of the tracks. Don't go into Torrance, this bad neighborhood over there. Don't do that, all right? Uh, you know, stay safe and read on the beach. And watch out for this guy over here, but you can play at that playground over there. You, you know, you've been there, right? You know what I'm talking about? So here we are. Chapter 10, verse 9. 
the gentlemen have been sent out to go find Peter. Two-day journey. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while they were preparing the meal, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open up and something like a large sheep being let down by the four corners. It contained all sorts of kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, (laughs) Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do you not call anything impure or unclean that God has made clean? This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate, and they called out, and I love this, they called out asking if Simon, who is known as Peter, is staying there. You love that? So Peter has this vision. It's like, what does this mean? And then here comes these guys at the gate. Hey, over here, just want to let you know, Peter lived there. And so uh, while they were thinking about this, while Peter was wondering about the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was, right? They called out. Peter is staying here. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? Wow. Don't you love this? This is Peter obeying. Remember Peter in, in, in the Gospels when it's like, he had a lot of rough edges. And, and it just wasn't smooth, and he said things he probably shouldn't say, or you did things, and it's like, yeah, you might want to think about not doing it that way. Um, but, but here he is going forward, and, and, he, and he gets this, this vision from the Lord. And, and still, he talks with the Lord. I, I'm like, no, nah, that's not me, man. We don't do that. You know that. I'm Jewish. We don't, no, nah, ain't going to happen. It's going to happen, Peter, and you're going to be my man to do it. And he obeyed, and he obeyed. Don't you just love that? There was a song we used to sing, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to. Come on, church. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. So sometimes it's hard getting out of our comfort zone, is it not? Has God ever called you out of your comfort zone? He called me out of my comfort zone. I was comfortable being a youth pastor here. Love, 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 loved it. Loved it. Didn't want to go anywhere else. But then God was doing another work, as Mike explained. And there was a tug, and I was like, i got to get out of my comfort zone. I love it here. I have a reputation here. I have a good, a good relationship with all the other youth pastors in the community. Uh, we're doing great things. God was calling me to something new. And getting out of your comfort zone can be a struggle. Nope, nope, let me back up. Getting out of your comfort zone is a struggle. It just is, folks. And there's no way around it. I can't make it better for you. It takes courage. It takes courage. Do you remember the words to Joshua? And in Joshua chapter 1 and in verse 9, the Lord is telling Joshua as he's getting ready to enter a new land, be strong and courageous. Why does he say be strong and courageous? 
is because everything's going to be smooth sailing? It's for a reason. It's for a reason. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for I am with you. Whoa! Folks, do you know that? That the Lord is with you? You can get out of your comfort zone. It might take some planning. It might take some commitment. It might take uh, being part of a group that's not going to let you wiggle out of things. <laughs> might take a lot of convincing. But God is calling you, no matter where you're at, not to be comfortable, but to be active. It's not an easy task of, of letting go. But there are things that prevent us from reaching out to other people. Peter had his history. We don't associate with Jews, or Jews don't associate with Gentiles. Gentiles being people that are not Jewish. We don't associate with them. We don't eat in their house. They don't eat in our house. We don't interact with them. And the Lord is saying, no, no, I want you to go over there. <laughs> And I want you to share. Sometimes we need a reboot. When we were kids, we used to have this thing called a, a do-over. I think in golf, they call it a mulligan, right? Where you, get, you do a bad shot or something like that. And it's like, hey, can I have a mulligan? Like, all right, they'll give you another shot at it. Give another crack at it. We, we had a, a ball. We were, we were playing baseball. We hit it over a certain fence. That was called a do-over. Uh, because uh, no one can field the ball over that certain fence. So it was a do-over. Uh, and then uh, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans tells us to renew our minds. It's like a do-over. Renew your mind. Be transformed by the word of God. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed so that actually you can be useful uh, in the hands of Almighty God, that you're aligning your thoughts with his thoughts and that you become more useful and God uses, always uses the servant who surrenders to him wholly. That's what he does. He wants to use you. Have you ever had in your own heart a desire to serve God in a greater way? Is that inside you? I mean, do you, do you go to bed at night or wake up in the morning saying, God, what can we do today that, that I didn't do yesterday? I know that you've given me all this knowledge and you've given me all this grace and you've given me all this love. How can we use it today? Do you go to bed? I go to bed at night all the time thinking about that. God, how can we do greater things? He wants us to do greater things. He wants us to do greater things. He put that in us, and he tells us to transform our mind. The things that we need to be worried about and concerned about in our own personal life, you guys, is the attitude that says, God, I'll go anywhere, but I won't go there. I'll do anything for you, I just won't do this. All right. Have you been there before? I have. All right. This, this, I'm telling you the truth. I got saved at the age of 19. By the time I was 20, my prayer was this. God, I want to serve you anywhere, under any conditions, in any way, but please not India. <laughs> that was me. That was me. I thought, wow. You know, and I look back at that prayer and I say, how, how, how arrogant you know, this lacking total humility and, and total trust that God has his best in mind for me. That the kingdom is going to go forward and God's going to use me as long as you don't use me in India. And now it's the place I can't even divorce myself from. I just can't do it. I can't imagine it. 
So if God says go somewhere else, okay, I already know the lesson. Yes, okay, let's go. But boy, how rewarding it was uh, to follow the Lord in the India and the things that I've seen are mind-blowing. And, and I wish I could share that with you because it would encourage your faith. When you, you get to meet people, it's like, well, what did you do before you knew Jesus? I was dead. What? Yeah, God rose me from the dead. What? Why isn't that in the newspaper? I don't know. Uh, the last time I was there, there was a young lady who uh, had a stroke and, uh, and she was so limited by that. And we prayed that God would be gracious to her and restore her health. And God restored her health right there. She was so excited. And I said, let me take a picture of you because no one's going to believe me. Like if you're going to believe I show you a picture, I could say anything, right? But that was the case. I took a picture with her. She ran off. And then I got rebuked by my team saying, Tony, why don't you tell her to wait so she could share her story with us? I said, she wanted to go tell her mom and dad. I think that's natural, right? Go tell your mom and dad. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He's taking people out of their comfort zone. He's taking Peter out of his comfort zone. He's sharing the gospel. Mm. Uh, anywhere, Lord, but, but, but not here. I mean, because you understand, I, I know how to do my life a little bit better than you, right? No, there was a song we used to sing, I want more of Jesus. Remember this? I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. I want more of Jesus, so rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. So, I mean, really, we surrender our life to the Lord, but then we hold things back. We got to keep surrendering. We got to keep letting go to let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do. And he wants to use you in a great way. I believe that. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Hmm. Do you? Do you? So now there's a message for the ages. A message for the ages. Here we are. At the end. And they, they bring the apostle Peter to Cornelius' house and it says, Peter, God has given me a vision. He sent me an angel. God has given you a vision. And he brought you here. Peter, here's a challenge. Tell us what the Lord wants us to hear. Wow, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That someone, could you imagine someone come up to you and say, would you tell me what the Lord wants me to hear? Well, yes. All men are sinners. God is good. Let's go on. Let's share the gospel. And he starts unfolding the gospel to them. And, and, and he tells them, this is the works that Jesus has done. He's done amazing things. Uh, he, he, in starting back in Galilee, and then through uh, the region of Judea, and here in Jerusalem, you've seen him. He did amazing works. He healed the sick. He freed those people that were demonically possessed. He um, restored sight to the blind. He spoke truth uh, to the authorities in power that needed to hear it. Uh, he proclaimed the favor of the Lord. He did amazing things. And the apostle John in his book says uh, that this is the account of Jesus. But if we wrote all the things that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books 
to hold all of this information. He did so many more things. But the bottom line is this, that he's good. He's good. And he was crucified on our behalf. He stood in our place to take the wrath of God, which is coming and is being stored up for the day of judgment. And that's a scary thought because Jesus is the judge of the world also. And he laid down his life because he was the perfect sacrifice. Do you know him? I hope you do. He was the perfect sacrifice to take on the wrath of God in our behalf. And he died on that cross. And he was buried. Three days later, he rose again and he appeared to the apostles. They all said, hey, we ate with them. We spent time with them. And then he appeared to over 500 people. He ascended into heaven and he said, one day I will come back. And he gave the church a message. Go and share this. Share this message of salvation that God wants to take away your sins and make you right, have you a right relationship with the living God. Now the church starts unfolding. Peter has turned the key. He has opened the door. And the world's not the same. Do you know the Lord? Do you know him? Better yet, does he know you? Maybe, maybe you're distant from the Lord. Maybe, maybe you've grown cold. And it's like, you know what? I, I'm not interacting with the God of all creation the way I should. I've, I've grown cold or tired or lazy for whatever reason. And I miss that. Here's God saying, come back. Right now, it's, it's a sacred moment. It's a special moment. The Spirit of God is here in a real way. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. And, uh, and we're going to come to the Lord. And we're just going to be with Him for a little bit. Would you close your eyes, bow your head in reverence to the Lord? Lord Jesus, we, we look at the book of Acts and, ooh, it's exciting what you're doing. And we know that it's not just something that you did 2,000 years ago, but it's something you're doing right now. Lord, we have uh, our faults and our blemishes. And I want to uh, bring them before you. I ask that you would convict us of our sins. And restore us. to a proper relationship with you. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, you feel like the Lord is touching your heart. You feel like, this is me. I need to get get right with God. You raise your hands right where you're at. That's okay. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Somebody else too? Okay. Very good. God bless you. And maybe there's somebody out there that's saying, you know, I've walked with God and I, sometimes I feel like I'm just going through the motions, but I'm not connecting with God. I, I need a reboot. Is that you today? If it is, would you raise your hand onto the Lord? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. Father, we commit <clears throat> these tender people who know that uh, they're distant from you 
or their relationship isn't as sweet as it can be, I ask that you would save them, that you'd be gracious and pour your spirit out upon them, that you would uh, give them an abundance of your spirit and that they would have a joy that overflows. We love you, Jesus. We trust you for great things. Thank you that you call us your own and that no one can take us away.